Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. What's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South? And to you listening, wherever you are, across the world at WWL.com and the Radio.com app. It's Friday. Friday. TGIF. We're going to party a little bit, have some fun on this show. You know what's also today? It's Madden release day. That's like the biggest thing that's happening today. All the Saints players out there, most of them wanted to talk about their Madden ratings, or at least were asked about their Madden ratings. Cam Jordan gave some pretty good answers we'll get to a little bit later in the show. And in fact, in hour number three, we're going to have the commissioner of the longest-running Madden League, online Madden League in the world, or at least we believe so, in studio, and it actually is from New Orleans. It's the OMFL, Online Madden Football League. It's been going since the early 2000s, back when it was on PC. Nate Lejeune is going to be in studio talking about it with us. We'll wrap some Madden. He's also a big Saints fan, has been for a while. My friend will be in studio. Two-minute drill trivia that hour. Maybe it'll be me against Nate. So you get, to get some good stuff here, Logan. Logan Falgu is our engineer behind the glass, and we'll play MC there. Saints training camp continues today. We've got sound for you. And Doug Mouton will be on the show at 8.32, sports director for WWL-TV Channel 4. Pelican schedule getting slowly leaked. A couple of important games, including when the Los Angeles Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis in tow will make their first appearance in the Smoothie King Center. We know that. We'll tell you a little bit later this hour. And the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Induction ceremony will be tomorrow. Big-time Louisiana flavor this year. you got three players from Louisiana or with Louisiana ties that will be inducted. Ed Reed, Kevin Mawai, and Johnny Robinson. Pretty cool stuff. We'll profile that, plus some sound from Mike Dettelier as he remembers each of those players. Mike was on Sports Talk talking about that just a little bit ago. Willie Fritz, head coach of Tulane Football. We'll play an interview with him as their camp opened yesterday. So that's your show, plus, again, sound from Alvin Kamara, Cam Jordan, Sean Payton, Thomas Morstead, and much more on the show tonight. Open lines for you the first half hour like we always do. You got any questions, comments about Saints camp? You want to talk Pelicans? David Griffin, he's getting clapped back on like we said he would yesterday. Give us a call, 504-260-1870, and our text line is 870-870. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll, simple one. Do you play Madden? Yes, you are currently. No, you have before or never. But And I would I would be in the no, but I have before. I used to be a very competitive. I, I would say I was on the precipice of, I guess, professionally competitive with Madden. It's really, really good. I'm not trying to toot my own horn here at all. I'm just saying that I was, I was into it so much. And I think anybody in Madden can get really good at it if you play enough. So that's probably a shot on me. I was probably playing it way too much. I don't think it's a, it's a good thing. But I was really good at Madden and didn't get on the pro circuit or anything, but probably just outside of it. It was real fun. But I just don't have any time with the show at night anymore. So I haven't played in about three or four years. I am really excited to talk to Nate about Madden. He tells me this is the best 
iteration of Madden in uh, at least a decade. I think is what he told me the other day on text. I don't know. I'll have to ask him a little bit later. I want to remind everybody on Sunday we have a real big Saints practice out at Tulane Stadium, Yulman Stadium on the campus of Tulane University. That's Sunday. We'll have it live for you right here on WWL from 7 to 10.30. And it'll be Zach Streif and Deuce McAllister calling the game in the booth, Bobby Bear and Steve Geller on the sidelines. Christian Garrick and I will be hanging out. That is Sunday, 7 to 10.30. And I made sure this. I asked uh, J-Mac out at camp today, uh, the fans could get in for free with no tickets, right? I just wanted to make sure I passed that along right yesterday, and he answered me yes because I had some fans asking me, really? You said you can get in for free on the air yesterday. Seth, is that true? Yeah, I double-checked that, and he told me, yes, you absolutely can. So you can get out there again. It's 7 to 10.30, the practice, but the Fan Fest out there starts a couple of hours earlier, and that'll be pretty fun on Sunday. So Saints practice again today, and I think Bobby and, and Deuce probably mentioned this. It was a, a pretty ho-hum practice from a, an observer perspective, as you, you didn't see much, and part of the practice was kind of cordoned off. It's always interesting when the Saints want to do something that they don't want the media or the fans to see. What they will do is have the players form a human shield, a human wall around wherever they're kind of practicing or scrimmaging. And they did that today with red zone drills is they don't want the media to get a look at those red zone drills and I don't know maybe that's a wise idea when you have guys like Peter King who was out there Mike Silver and David Carr NFL Network big time presence today so maybe you just wanted to shield those people off more than you did the local media Cam Jordan was up at the podium after practice today I, I thought it was really interesting that and, and Drew has said stuff like this before the veterans in this locker room have said stuff like this in front of Mike's before that we don't care how much hype is around this team. We don't care that people think we're going to be a Super Bowl contender. We don't care all of the national talking heads either building us up or I guess in the case of Colin Cowherd bringing us down. Cam says talk is cheap and I think he's right. And that's right. You're not going to know. Sean Payton has said multiple times you don't really know what you have with an NFL team until about the quarter pole of the season. So after week four this year, that'll be after that Dallas game. And that might be a rough look at this team considering the first four games that they have, Texans, Rams, Seahawks, and Cowboys. I haven't heard much talk or hype coming from the Saints players themselves or coaching staff. They've done a pretty good job of managing that. Certainly everywhere else there has been. The only time we ever heard something interesting, I guess was Marcus Davenport. And I have to say interesting in that, raised some eyebrows about really that that's that's what you're focused on was when Marcus Davenport earlier in camp kind of blamed the media for I guess setting expectations for him too high said he was distracted by the media last year I went over that I don't want to rehash that again but I thought that was just silly talk from Marcus Davenport and maybe something that I'm sure he got corrected on by his coaching staff after he said that the no call still lingers we talked about Colin Coward a lot this week because he made and ruffled a lot of feathers here. The reason that he believes, and there's a couple other people, and I, and look, for as much as we've ripped on him, and I haven't ripped on him a lot because I think it's just opinions and everybody has one, and I've been wrong and he's wrong, and, and you do this long enough, you're on in these chairs in front of Mike's long enough, and you're paid to have opinions, you're going to be wrong a lot of times. Just his opinion. But the people who do think the Saints are going to take a step back well, I think so because of what's happened the last two postseasons. 
the meltdown in Minneapolis, and then the no-call last year. And I, I do find it hard to believe that as a human, as, as men in that locker room, they're not thinking about that at least a little bit. When you get out there and play and you're hitting the other team for 60 minutes on game day, yeah, you're not really going to be focused on that. But I, I just find it, I frankly find it hard to believe that that's not somewhere back in the minds of, of these guys. I haven't seen them focus on it, but I have a feeling it's at least in the back of the mind. One guy we did hear talk about it was Cam Jordan today, who said he's using this as a positive. He's using this, the, the no call in that situation, the fallout after it, as motivation for this season. Like, I, I don't really know an analogy in my profession. It, it would be something, uh, I guess, equivalent to the FCC shutting us down for a week because they made a mistake and and they thought I saw said something on the air that dis, that ended up not being true, but it was sweeps week, it was ratings week, when the diaries are out and they took me off the air. And then I have to get back. Yeah, I'm going to be thinking about that. Maybe not while I'm on the air talking to you, but I'll be thinking about that. I don't know. It's hard to come up with an analogy. It'd probably motivate me, like Cam Jordan says, if they did that. I don't know, maybe you work in the service industry. we got a lot of service industry professionals that listen to our show this time of night. Maybe you've worked in a place that gets shut down by the health department for a day or two, and maybe it turns out to be they made a mistake or maybe it was right. Everybody works there, the servers, the cooks, the managers, the chefs, the bartenders. They're going to be thinking about that. But if you ha- take pride in the place that you work for, even if something like that happens, yeah, you use it as motivation. I like what Cam said there. Not running away from the no call. That's, that's something that's driven me a little nuts when when you have players to say no comment on the no call. I mean, I mean, really no comment. I mean, Drew said some great things. He doesn't really want to talk about it, but he opened up and said he can't be focused on that. He's kind of driven that home. I find it disingenuous when when guys are just saying, ah, no comment. I have no comment. Yeah, of course you have a comment. You want to say something. Cam Jordan had the perfect response there. In my opinion, anyways. Phone number is 504-260-1870. Our text line is 870-870. We'll take a break when we come back. More from Saints Camp, including a very interesting question that Bobby Aber asked Sean Payton. Didn't really get a response, but I'll have thoughts on it, and I'm sure you will also. Logan's behind the glass. I'm Seth Dunlap, the last lap. Just getting started tonight, Friday edition on WWL. Text from the 251, there is no analogy to the no-call in the service industry or your show. Yeah, there is. Of course there is. Anything that costs you money and prestige, I don't know if I made the right analogy, but of course there is. A no-call is bad. There's no doubt about it. I mean, let's go back to the service industry. You're telling me that if the the, the health and human services department, I don't know what it, what it is, it's, it's the food service department it's the fda whoever shuts down restaurants when they do the inspection did they shut down a restaurant for a whole week and they made a mistake which i have heard before i worked in the service industry through high school junior high high school and college i have seen it not at places that i've worked but other places that were right next to us and then (laughs) you come back and well we made a mistake yeah i think so that's costing people big-time money out of their pockets. And you know if you worked in the service industry like I have, you're, you're living paycheck to paycheck most times. Tell me that's not a good analogy? Come on. Come on. 
Uh, text from the 504. Uh, oh, here, I like this text. Seth, you have a lovely voice. You can never say anything wrong. Okay, I like that. Uh, keep that coming. I'll just, I'll just pretend like that's true. I never say anything wrong here. Text from the 504. This team is built for an 11 and 5, 12 and 4 season. Just got to go out and prove it. I guess we'll see. I guess we will see. Bobby Aber asked Sean Payton something that I told you I wanted to get to, and it revolved around the officials. They were in and gave. Uh, kind of a press conference Q&A session with the media uh, gaggle yesterday. Bobby was in on that, so was Deuce. And, and Bobby caught on to something. He asked the officials, didn't really get the response he wanted. Then he asked Sean this. Yeah, and there's no way that Sean could have answered that. Sean Payton could have answered that any other way than how he did right there. He doesn't have the answer, nor could he. He doesn't make those decisions. But from, from Bobby's perspective, I think that the question is spot on. How can the NFL in a league that wants to be as transparent and say that they're as you know objective and not meddling from a league perspective in the actual on-field stuff, it makes absolutely no sense to me. that What would they have in that NFC Championship game? He had four guys from Southern California, and I realize Southern California is a big place, a really big place with just in the L.A. San Diego areas. There is about, what, four times the population, five times the population of the, the state of Louisiana just right there. I get it. But you want to keep the perception of conflict of interest out of football. And even though, and I've officiated for a long time, haven't the last few years since I've done this show, but I've done high school football, high school basketball, and th there were times when I was officiating, when I was back home, I'd officiate uh, rival schools that I went to. I never did my high school. They didn't allow that, but there was times that I'd officiate rival schools. I'll tell you, and never once did it ever come into play for me when I was making calls, the teams or the players or the coaches that I was officiating. Never once. And I think 99% of officials are that way. There are some bad apples. I've worked with them. I think most officials would tell you there's some bad apples just like there are in any job. But you want to keep that perception out of there. A couple of years ago, when he had an ex-Falcons player officiating a Falcons-Saints game. What? What was that? And with Bobby, you don't want somebody from New Orleans, from Louisiana, from the Gulf South, who maybe is on social media, which I think this happened last year, wearing a Saints jersey, officiating a Saints game. I don't want that. It's like you shouldn't have... Officials in uh, you know Los Angeles area officiating the NFC Championship game. Come on, NFL. Come on. Text from the 985, but Steph, uh, Seth, S-E-T-H, but I get your point. But Steph, you got to make, you got to remember the Saints were still winning when the mistake was made. I get it. I mean, I, 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 we, we all know that. I don't, I don't really understand what you mean there. I guess you're, you're going back to the analogies that I made. Text from the 504, whenever I get sad, I just put on the replay of the Falcons blowing a 28-3 lead. It brings me tears of joy. Who dat? Yeah, I'm sure it brings uh, joy to lots of Saints fans. Although I'm not, I'm not somebody who revels in the misery of rivals. Never have been. I kind of went into this yesterday, or maybe it was earlier this week a little bit. I'm never one who revels in the misery of rivals. I just want me, the people around me, the organizations I work for, the teams that I work and play for, I want them to do well, not necessarily the rivals to do poorly. I mean, if, 
if we're losing and a competitor radio station is losing, that doesn't make anything better for us, in my opinion anyway. And remember, if you're a Saints fan, of course, you listen to the show, you probably are. You're a VIP to us, and that's why we at WWL want you to experience the new Saints VIP tailgate at Benson Tower. It's going to be real cool. We're going to be there on Fans First Take on all the home games. Myself and Steve Quartz will be out there with you. Well, you can listen to Sports Talk every weekday during training camp next few weeks to win a pair of tickets. And here's what you get if you win. Three hours before kickoff, before Saints home games, it's all-you-can-eat and drink, premium open bar, delicious buffet, from Food Network celebrity chef Aaron May. It's pretty cool. Of course, Benson Tower overlooks Champion Square, and it just steps away from the Superdome. Doesn't really get better than that. You can listen to Sports Talk again with Bobby Deuce and Christian every weekday during training camp, and then when you hear the cue to call from Cam Jordan, you call the number that they'll give, and uh, they usually do caller number nine like Drew Brees, I guess. That is the new Saints VIP tailgate at Benson Tower from our partners at BullseyeEventGroup.com and Saints Radio wwlamfm and .com and also radio.com. Just a reminder, these game tickets are not included. We'll break for news to 60 seconds, and when we come back, we're going to chat Saints camp. And I want to ask about what David Griffin said yesterday. It's Doug Mouton who's going to join us. We'll chat with him, sports director for WWL-TV Channel 4. Plus your phone calls, 504-260-1870. Text line is 870 870- 870. I'm Seth Dunlap. The last lap continues on WWL. Let's get right to it. We'll bring on in Doug Mouton, sports director for WWL TV Channel 4. You can hit him on Twitter at WWL. Doug, what's going on, man? Not much. What's up with you? Uh, you know, I'm just, uh, we're, we're kind of in this slog of training camp. I kinda, I'm kind of going through what the players are going through. We're, we're, we're pulling doubles here. So, you know, we're, we're worn out, man. I'm sure you are too. Yeah. It's, you know what? It's that time of year. I, I love this time of year. You know, LSU started this week. Tulane started this week. And the Saints are full go. But there is certainly a slog, I think is the word you just used, before you get to that first uh, preseason game. Yeah, it was interesting listening actually to um, your colleague and my friend Andrew Doak out there. He kind of peppered Cam Jordan with a lot of questions I thought were good ones about the defensive line and the talent around him. It's one of the questions I think you and I have had on the air before. Have you seen anything at camp that will make you more positive or maybe less positive about that group? No, and in all honesty, anybody who says they can see a lot about the defensive line at this point in camp is probably exaggerating what they're seeing. I mean, look – the one thing about the early portion of camp, you always hear about receivers and DBs stepping up. They're always the stars because, you know, linebackers and linemen have only hit for a couple of days and they haven't had a chance to show much. So we really haven't seen much. But look, the defensive line is one of the areas of the team that is certainly a, a concern. And a concern is probably over-exaggerating it because I think they're going to be just fine. But it is certainly – I mean, look, it's a deep, talented roster, but if you had to take it by position group, defensive line is probably the position group with the most questions. Yeah, you mentioned that receivers stand out. We've talked a lot about Michael Thomas as he was negotiating that extension. Well, that got done five years, and uh, I guess it's $100 million after possible incentives. could be $20 million a year. Uh, any, no buyer's remorse, Doug, because I know you were, you were a guy, and a lot of people were, you've got to get this guy done. Got to get him in camp, and here he is. No, look, I'm 100% in it. First of all, the salary cap keeps going up. Second of all, sports writers and sports casters have for about the last <laughs> seven years said 
there's no way the Saints can do this. There's no way they can make it. Their salary cap is a mess. And every year the Saints figure out a way to make the accounting work and get it done. All I know is, and Rod Walker from The Advocate said it most succinctly first, the Saints are a Super Bowl team with Mike Thomas. They are not a Super Bowl team without him. Um, and that's sort of harsh, but it's probably true. Um, you have to have that number one weapon to make everything go. So, yeah, look, if you're going to make a run at a Super Bowl, and those of us who grew up in New Orleans, we understand how unbelievably rare and, and crazy that is. This team is talented enough to do it now. I think they're going to do it now. But the only way it happens now is if Mike Thomas is here. I think he's the best receiver in the NFL. And, and if not, he's in the top two or three. Uh, he'll be paid like he's in the top two or three. I mean, look, this is golf backwards now. I mean, this is the salary he's earned. The greatest thing about golf as far as from salary standpoint is that at the end of a weekend at a tournament, you get paid what you earned, right? Mm-hmm, like right. if you have a terrible tournament, even if your name's Tiger Woods, Although you probably get an appearance fee if you're Tiger Woods. But <laughs> if you don't make right. the cut, you make zero. And that's a beautiful thing. And for two years, the Saints have gotten one of the greatest bargains in the NFL. They got a $20 million or they got an $18 million receiver for $1 million for the last two years. Now they're paying market price. But if you look at it this way, over the course of three years, he'll make $22 million. It's still an unbelievable bargain. I was struck by uh, Michael Thomas at the uh, press conference yesterday he had after practice. I don't think anybody would describe Thomas as a humble guy, but he was really humble and almost uh, uh, taken aback. You could kind of see it in his eyes and in his comments about the deal that got done. I mean, this was a kid that had worked so hard, and we know about his uncle, Keyshawn, who was the number one overall draft pick. And, yeah, it was, just, it was almost – I don't know if you saw this too, Doug, but almost a different Thomas, at least it was yesterday for me. Yeah, although he has always been a guy, and you see this in players, that in, in an interview situation, he's actually on camera, is not nearly as bold as he will be in social media later. That in interview situations, look, he has always been incredibly nice True. and respectful and incredibly easy to deal with. I mean, he's one of the good guys in that locker room. I think, look, his teammates love him. He works unbelievably hard. Sets an un- you talk about he and Cam Jordan and the example that they set every day at practice. Look, I thought you had to have him. He's making what he deserves. I mean, anybody who doesn't want to pay, that's what, he, that's what the market dictates, and he's making what he has earned. And so, personally, I have no problem with that. I mean, I'd love to think all of us would make what we've earned. Yes, yes, exactly, Doug. Right. How are you going to complain about Michael Thomas? And that's what I've always said, even though I have reservations about the salary cap impacts, I've always said Michael Thomas deserves that $20 million, considering uh, you know what he's done the first three seasons in the league. Uh, he's well, I don't think the salary cap impact is going to be as bad as people might think because the salary cap keeps going up by such large numbers that by the time we hit the third year of this deal, that number is not going to be – uh, it, it's not going to be weighing down the salary cap the way it might have 
at that number three years ago when the total team cap was so much less. Yeah, it's a good, yeah no, it, it makes sense. It's a good point. We're talking to Doug Mouton, sports director for WWL-TV Channel 4, and that goes to all the decisions that Mickey Loomis is going to have to make, and you referenced this earlier. He always seems to find a way to make it work, but all of these players coming up, Kamara, Ramchek, Armstead uh, coming up again, all these players that Davis will have to deal with here. Uh, not worried at all about potential hey, maybe we're not going to be able to pay these guys because we've got a $20 million receiver, and who knows what Drew does. Well, I would worry about it one at a time. Mike Thomas, and I said this on the air the other day, I, I, when I was in, my first job was in South Dakota, we had a CBA team, and it was Flip Saunders was the coach, and Eric Musselman was the general manager, and they were incredibly successful. Billy Donovan was on that team, and Sidney Lowe, a bunch of Keith Smart, a bunch of future NBA coaches. They had this, there were literally like eight of them, connected that all became NBA head coaches and they made a trade one time and I asked them about it it was like a five for one trade and I said I said that's crazy you gave away five good players and Eric looked at me and Flip was standing right there and he said we gave away five good players for one great player Mm. you win championships with great players and I I've never forgotten that line Mike Thomas is a great player he's an elite guy who can get you to a Super Bowl. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with a collection of good players. You need some great players. And I feel like this team has four elite players who are among the best at their position, and that's Breeze, Cam Jordan, Kamara, and Thomas. Then they have a bunch of really good guys who could potentially be – but to me, you got four guys, and those first four, and they have taken care of Breeze, they did take care of Jordan, and they did take care of Thomas – I am sure that they can, when the time comes, take care of Kamara. But you also have them one at a time. You will not have Ramchek and uh, Lattimore next summer. As a first-round draft pick, you get a fifth-year option on those guys. So you don't have to worry about them until year four, which would be the summer of 21. The summer of 20 is going to be about Kamara and then maybe Marcus Williams. And look, that's the kind of guy that you might not be able to keep and you will have hard decisions. But to me, you don't make your hard decisions on your elite players. And Mike Thomas, the the person who is most anti-Mike Thomas would still have to put him in the top five receivers in the NFL. And that's not the guy that you take a stand on. That's the guy you keep. The guy who's the 15th best at his position, that's the guy you take a stand on maybe and try to find somebody else. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. And you mentioned the summer of 20 and then 21. Well, that's when the new CBA will be negotiated, and who knows? Maybe we'll see the the salary cap just skyrocket, right? And the fact is you have a unique opportunity right this minute to get to the Super Bowl. And the only way that's going to happen is with Mike Thomas and with Mike Thomas dominating and with Mike Thomas – drawing double coverage potentially the only way that happens is if he's on the field so at this unique time in saints history um and look mickey loomis said it on that opening day press conference and seth it was your question and i've referenced it nine times since then he said there you do think differently especially from a salary cap standpoint when you're in what did he say right now mode. right yes mm-hmm. and you right have to you have to how he described it and that's ex- it's the only play. It's not only the right play, it's the only play the Saints had. And if he had been for $23 million or something crazy, $20 million is where the salaries were going. My guess is in the next couple of weeks, Julio Jones is going to get 
that or more. It's it's where it, it's not out. I mean, for all the years people would complain about Drew Brees' salary, I would say that's what he has earned. And I I never would say a man who's earned or or a woman. When I say a man, I mean a human. Um, you get if you've earned it, more power to you. Congratulations. I don't care what it is. And just the way the structure is, what he has earned is to be that that highly paid. And clearly, the Saints agree with what I'm saying. Well, you mentioned great players, and it takes great players to win. We're talking to Doug Mouton of WWL-TV Channel 4. I don't think there's been anybody greater on the court than LeBron James during this generation, the greatest player of, of our no, generation. No David no Griffin, and he walked back this a little bit today, but he unloaded Doug on the Cavs and on LeBron James, kind of saying, just paraphrasing here, don't want to get to all the quotes because we have limited time, but paraphrasing that it was all about LeBron, was never about the franchise, and that it was all about me, and he wasn't willing to take the blame, and it was just a pressure-packed situation where he broke down in tears multiple times. He didn't know what to do. What would you make of all this yesterday from Griffin? Well, it was a lot. Um and look, how the inner workings worked, um, you, you know, obviously I don't, I don't know. The one thing that he said that I, that I really did find interesting because it sort of relates to what he's doing now is he said it was, I think he used the word inorganic way to build a team. And, and that part I felt like I did definitely understand because you're starting with a super, I mean, in a perfect world, you're going to build through the draft, almost the way the Pelicans have started already. You might have a guy or two, but really you're going to build through the draft and try to work your way up. This was sort of had to be an instant big, an instant build, so that the pieces you were looking for, you were working backwards. And he said work inorganic. You're working backwards because you're not trying to develop pieces. You're just trying to find something that's plug-and-play to work around what LeBron does. And so it, it comes out, you know, it's an unusual way to build a team when you start with this veteran superstar. You clearly can't have many, you know, kids on the team because they're not going to have time to develop. You've got to win right this minute. And that, I, I, I got that part of it. Now, the part about the personal relationship and LeBron's attitude towards winning changing, you're right. I, I was a little surprised to see all that because everything I've heard out of him in Cleveland was all – um, you know, we love you, we love you kind of stuff. So it, it was a little unusual. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, 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 other than the one part that I latched onto that I sort of got was building a team backwards in an inorganic way. I think I understood what you were saying with that, but the rest of it um, – I, I guess it, it was definitely a little surprising. I'll say that. Uh, just, just food for thought here. Not trying to keep you too long here, but I've, I've just thought this. The, I've thought this a long time before Griffin said it. LeBron's the, the best player of this generation, but he has only three titles. I just wonder, Doug, if he wasn't such a you know an, a control freak, kind of an egomaniacal control freak with the front office, if he wouldn't have more titles. I don't know anybody, Doug, who could argue he'd have less titles if he wasn't like that, right? No, I don't think so. And actually, if you wanted evidence of him, the, the controlling nature, you could see what he did with the Anthony Davis situation. Yeah. I mean, clearly the way that played out, especially the further you got away from it, was literally LeBron James telling Anthony Davis what to do from the beginning. And Anthony Davis, who has always sort of had the personality of a 
secondary guy. Anthony Davis has never had a lead dog personality, which is actually I think he'll fit in better in Los Angeles because he won't have to be the lead dog. He clearly took his orders from LeBron James every step of the way to the point that last season, and we found this out from Alfred Payton, after the season was over, Anthony Davis was already telling the team before they started the season that he may be asking for a trade at some point. I think that was all fed to him by LeBron, and he basically for the entirety of last year did what LeBron told him to do. He's Doug Mouchon, sports director for WWL-TV Channel 4. Doug, what you got on tonight's program 10? Seth, I am at my daughter's house cleaning shells. Oh. <laughs> it, is, it is Ricardo and Andrew's show tonight. Uh, it's full coverage from the Saints practice today. But uh, Friday is mercifully Ooh, my day off. I love it. Now, man. I'm happy to talk to Seth Dunlap on the radio. But uh, Ricardo and Andrew are running the show well, this, today. This had to be like a break for you. Come on, cleaning shelves or chatting yeah, with me? Yeah, right. I know. I know. Yeah, we're uh, we have a house in Metairie we're trying to get my daughter moved into, and I am clean and show. There you go. All right, man. We'll it, get back it, to it. It's super fun, Seth. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for hanging out a little longer than usual with us. Appreciate it. Uh, anytime, Seth. It's always fun. All right. Doug Mouton at DMouton, WWL on Twitter. Give him a follow there. When we come back, uh, Pelicans News, we'll piggyback on that conversation we just had with Doug. Their schedule is being leaked, and we found out the first time Anthony Davis, LeBron James, and the Lakers will make their trek to New Orleans, and it happens pretty darn soon. We'll do that next. We'll tell you when. Coming back on The Last Lap. Welcome back to the show. And the Scrubs coming to New Orleans on November 27th, at least. Well, that's how a lot of Pelicans fans would describe it. Welcome back to the show. Schedule released in the NBA, or will be released on August 10th, but we're getting leaks from it from Shams Charty of The Athletic and also Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. A couple of leaks involving the Pelicans. Number one, the Los Angeles Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron James in tow. are going to play in New Orleans at the Smoothie King Center on November 27th. That's going to be their first trip of the season here to New Orleans. And that's going to be interesting. To say the least, I will probably be on air that night, but I'm going to be listening and watching with a very keen eye to see the reaction and the reception from Pelicans fans. I would imagine it's not going to be pretty for the Lakers, AD, and LeBron. So November 27th, Lakers at the Pelicans in the Smoothie King Center. And then, for the first time in four years, Pelicans are going to play on Christmas. Woj reports the Pelicans are going to play the Nuggets on Christmas Day, one of the early games. And again, the first time they've played on Christmas Day in four seasons. Regular season set to start on October 16th, and that full schedule will be released on August 10th. Remember, you can get your tickets at pelicans.com or the nba.com website. I have an article online, www.com, that has that for you. Pelicans hosting the Lakers in November playing the Nuggets on Christmas. We'll take one more break. When we come back, your calls and texts, 504-260-1870. That's the number. Our text line is 870-870. We'll be back after this. Not a couple of texters getting the kick out of our bumper music. Text from the 504. That was hilarious, LOL. I was wondering why you were playing that song. Yeah, Cry Me a River, Anthony Davis and LeBron James. 
No, I, I wish them no ill will. We just have fun with it. Those we're supposed to do on Sports Talk. I will say his exit here, and he still hasn't, I was going to say his exit here was certainly ungracious. That's how it felt. Remember, Anthony Davis has still not issued any kind of farewell to the fans, to the city of New Orleans, to the organization. I understand if you're mad at the organization. I and you leave on bad terms you feel like they did you wrong don't say that but the fans here and I am telling you Anthony Davis the fans here have been as in your corner as I've ever seen for any superstar anywhere that I have worked anywhere and I find it again ungracious ungrateful to the extreme when we're months past the trade or over a month past the trade and you have it even, I don't know, Instagram post or newspaper or billboard or just come out in an interview and been expansive on it. So until you do that, I think you're fair game. I mean, just being honest. Text from the 504 pointing out that Cameron Meredith has signed with the Pats. Yes, he has. The Patriots reportedly have added more depth at their receiver position by signing former New Orleans Saints receiver Cameron Meredith. He visited the Patriots earlier this week after he was released and they scooped him up. And I think that will maybe scare some Saints fans who are we going to watch Cam Meredith with Bill Belichick and Tom Brady do what he couldn't do here in New Orleans? That is going to make some Saints fans, a lot of Saints fans, very unhappy. But from Cam Meredith's perspective, I really wish him the best. This was a kid who in Chicago had 66 catches for 888 yards in 2016 with the Bears. That was kind of his breakout season. And then he got hurt, and it kind of derailed his career. I don't know if he ever would have been a superstar in the league, but I think he would have had a very productive NFL career had he not had that uh, knee injury with the Bears. But only nine catches, 114 yards, and a touchdown in six games with the Saints last year. But, yeah, Cam Meredith – now a Saint. We've got a lot of Saints coverage online for you at WWL.com and the Radio.com app. A piece on Demario Davis from Mark Menard, where Davis up at the podium today says defense is second nature. Alvin Kamara also talked today. We're going to play him and his uh, brief time at the podium next hour. Very interesting talking about his workout routine and how interesting it was. Working on his balance, he was on top of one of those big um, workout balls, trying to balance and make catches there. This is pretty cool. We've got video Alvin Kamara online for you. And also Bobby Aber and Deuce McAllister give their breakdown of today's Saints practice. That again, it was unmemorable because we didn't see a lot. A lot of that time they had cordoned off the red zone drills that they were doing so the fans and the media could not get a view. But you can hear and watch Bobby Aber and Deuce McAllister who were impressed by that red zone defense, the little bit that they did saw. And Deuce McAllister was impressed by the running backs, although Latavius Murray still MIA, or at least he was not participating in most of the drills today. Monday, you can join Bobby Bear, Deuce McAllister, and Christian Garrick for Sports Talk, and they're going to have on a special guest, former Saints safety Roman Harper at 5.20 p.m. And you don't want to miss Monday's quarterback challenge as the Saints QBs try their luck at the dunk take again, and it'll be Christian Garrick in the dunk tank. We videotaped this. Oh, it's not videotaped. Is that even a phrase anymore? We videoed this. Logan's just shaking his head. I'm showing my age here. Uh, we videoed it <laughs> last year, and it was pretty epic. Bobby Aber, I think he had five tries. He had five tries at hitting the target to dunk Christian. He never did it. Drew got him on the first time. 
So that'll be that afternoon on Monday. And I know they'll be talking about it. We'll have video for you uh, for you on WWL.com and our Facebook page. We're going to take a break for news when we come back next hour. The Louisiana football players will be front and center tomorrow at the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony in Canton, Ohio. Three Louisiana born and raised players, Ed Reed, Kevin Y, Johnny Robinson, all will be inducted into the Hall of Fame. We'll discuss that. Big, big nights. Mike Dettelier gave his thoughts on those three players. Plus, Tulane coach Willie Fritz. He was on Sports Talk yesterday. We'll have that interview for you as Tulane's camp has opened. Plus, like I said, Alvin Kamara will play his comments today in full. Right now, though, we're going live on Facebook, WWL Radio Facebook page. Let's chat about that Hall of Fame induction class. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.